Hello, and welcome to The Funny Thing About Yoga, where we talk all things yoga and maybe make you laugh a little bit. I'm Gianna Gambino. And I'm Bradshaw Wish. Enjoy the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I'm having so much fun. Hello, everyone, and welcome to what episode is this? I don't know. 35. Funny thing about, oh, 35. Welcome to the 35th episode of The Funny Thing About Yoga, where we talk all things yoga and we laugh. I'm here with my co host, Gianna Marie Gambino. Hello. A, just a New York City girl. And uh, we want everyone to rate, review, subscribe. And if you don't, and it, it literally, if you don't, like you can't listen anymore. And um, Gianna, there's a giveaway. Can you explain the giveaway, please? Yeah. So after you rate, review, subscribe, we will read those reviews and we're going to choose our favorite by the end of November. And we will be giving away a branded, beautiful, funny thing about yoga t-shirt. And we know you want it. So submit your reviews and thank you. Thank you. Um, Also, you really, you got to that rate review memo like real quick. I yeah, just it's not a, tell- but it's not a joke, Gianna. It's really not a joke. I know it's not a joke, but I just want to say we are fresh, freshly back in Chicago after a week away. We were in LA. We just did our retreat in Joshua Tree that I think went really, really well. But I know we're both um, happy to be back and in, in our own space and, you know, back to our regular grind. That is true. And let me just tell you, I have felt so connected to Gianna ever since our retreat that I actually do think we're going to get married. I actually really (laughs) do think we're going to get married. Here's the thing, Brad, and I literally fight like an old married couple, but here's a secret for anyone listening. We record these episodes oftentimes right after I get out of therapy. So I have time to like reflect on it and, and then I could show up better <laughs> in these episodes. But I was telling my therapist about the retreat and everything. And, and she was like, you two should reflect on all of the positives and, and, you know, and so we, we should do that sometime. I think we, we do get, we, we do. I, know, I, think I we made do a reflect list. On the positive. I made a but list of also, all the positives. But we, do we, when we fight, we fight like siblings. It's bad, but here's why. Brad is actually a mean fighter. He calls okay. names and stuff. <laughs> and I'm just I have like, a short fuse. I mean, I, I do. Don't be mean to me. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, what the fuck sad. are you doing? Get the fuck there. It's really, it's actually really mean. Okay. Anyway, so I'm freshly out of therapy and we are freshly back in <laughs> Chicago. And today, before we get into the topic, which is a good one. We're going to talk about making money and how to get jobs as a yoga teacher. But before we get into that, I just want to say something is in the air because it's like we got back to Chicago and I checked my email and we had three more cancellations for Nicaragua. And I'm saying this on air because that means we have three spots that just opened. 
which is really unfortunate, but why is everyone moving? Everyone's moving and can no longer travel. So that's good news for the listeners who wanted to come. We've got three new spots open. Bad news because we really love the people that signed up and, you know, we are sad they won't be able to make it. So if you've been considering going to Nicaragua with us, let us know. Go to our website, kayayogaschool.com slash Nicaragua. We just had three new spots open and uh, it's not even on the website, but just go look at it. It's pool room number one. Exactly. So you better come. Um, <laughs> and the thing here's, and uh, yes, let's just call a spade a spade, which is I'm really fun to go on vacation with. And Gianna is a very good biological mother. And oh my so, God. Gianna, do you do you think that Gianna thinks that our babies would be short and have really bad neuroses? And I agree, but I do think that they would be cute. Yeah, probably all of the above. I don't want to talk about our hypothetical babies. It's not happening. We could no, we could actually do it though. But, we but don't wait. even have to have intercourse. I could literally give you my <laughs> sperm, 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 <laughs> and we could take your eggy egg oh. egg and make a baby, baby, baby. Oh. Only if you talk to me in your bro voice. I'm like, <laughs> so like, uh, hey, uh, tell, tell me your best p- pickup line in your bro voice. Okay. Did it hurt when you fell from heaven? <laughs> <laughs> it really is so stupid. Gianna's dying. <laughs> so dumb and that's how I got pregnant <laughs> yeah exactly she's like oh my god I'm so turned on right now um okay oh, yeah. oh, okay let's goodness. let's literally move on to the topic of money because if we if the thing is is if we do want a, 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 a child <laughs> that um artificial insemination is expensive so like we have to do a lot more classes to be able to pay for our for unborn baby okay for our unborn baby no I think this is a really good topic because we we've talked we've talked about it with a couple of our guests in terms of just like studios and pay and scale and all of that but in today's conversation i want to talk about it more from like a business perspective because when you are going into the field of teaching yoga you are essentially becoming your own brand your own business mm-hmm. at least where we are in chicago we're hired as independent contractors mainly and so many people incorporate as you know Gianna Gambino LLC or whatever it is, and you can treat yourself like a business. You better expense everything you can expense. That is a whole other topic that we probably won't touch on too much today. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into taxes, but you are, you are your own entity and you have to build a schedule and uh, make a certain amount of money to live the amount of life, the the lifestyle that you want to live. Sorry, my words got jumbled there. Mm -hmm. And so I think before we get into the logistics of, you know, just money and making money, I want to just talk about the different places. So you're a certified yoga teacher. Now what? Like, where can you teach? What are your options? Do you want me to go into it? Yeah, baby. This is a two okay. conversation. Well, you well, I know, but usually you like to take over because you think you're a better teacher. Um <laughs> so <laughs> the first place you can teach it is a yoga studio. You can also teach it as some place like a gym, which Gian and I have both taught at gyms. It's a place I really actually advise a lot of new teachers to teach at. You can teach corporate clients, you can teach private clients. You can treat, well, this kind of gets into another realm of making money, but you can teach workshops and retreats. Um, Just just venues for now. 
just funny. Oh, sorry, G. See, she's really mean to me. Where else can you teach? Oh, you could, uh, you could teach in your building. You mm-hmm. could, yeah. So yeah, I would say like, like building, condo, corporate, condo private, buildings yeah, that are going up everywhere. Those are good ones. Yeah. I wouldn't you say that's it? No, I have a couple more. Okay, I and what think, are they? I think you could teach public classes on the beach or the park. You might need mm. a permit, but you could start building your own audience there um you can teach this this is somewhere where i've actually taught for at a chiropractor's office they would host like a weekly class um sometimes they'll do that too at crossfit gyms at crossfit gyms climbing gyms they Mm -hmm. often will have like their weekly yoga class so it really helps to look in like atypical places beyond the gym and the studio setting when you're trying to just get experience. Um, and oftentimes, to be honest, the process of getting hired at those places is a little bit easier because th- the people hiring you don't know as much about yoga typically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. they don't hold the same standards. Like, for instance, when I was working at the chiropractor uh, office, this is down in Florida when I first started. I just like kind of stretched with the with the chiropractor one on one for like 10 minutes. He's like, OK, great. See you on Saturdays. And I was like, cool. yeah, um, whereas, you know, at studios, the audition process might be a little bit lengthier. You might need to be going to that studio for a long time and so on. Um, and then another place that I also had luck working at was like um, sports teams. I became a yoga teacher for a college football team for a a volleyball league. And this is, again, just pretty like, um, you know, not your typical yoga setting, but this is also how I got really high profile private clients. I think I mentioned, and I don't want to sound like too, too name droppy, but how I was working with Naomi Osaka for a while was working with like this sports agent that would send me to different athletes and different teams to do. That was in Florida, right? Yeah, to do yoga with them as part of their conditioning. So, so yeah, that was, those are a couple of other um, venues and outlets. So there are many, many, many different places, as you can tell, just from this brief list, we kind of said from the top of our heads of where you can teach yoga. Now, actually, like getting those jobs is a little bit will be different for those different venues. Doing things like starting your own class in a park or the beach or outdoors, like that will take a little bit of the logistics of do I need a permit? Is it okay to gather here? Do I have to like file it with the city? So look into all of that, but just know this is this example that I'm giving is more of like you are creating your own thing. You are creating an opportunity for yourself. And I've seen people have have a successful time doing that. Like for example, I don't think he'll mind if I say this, but if you know yoga with Pedro on Instagram or Yogi memes, like he grew his weekly beach yoga class from maybe a handful of people to like hundreds of people. So full moon Sundays, he has like a huge crowd that gather and they know that like, this is when I'm going to practice with Pedro. Again, this is in South Florida. It's also smart, too, because you're probably going to make more money. So it's like everyone pays, what, $10 or whatever it is. 
Or compared you to like a yoga donation studio. based, you have exactly. to figure out the money based on what your local say a hundred um, people though come ordinances are say a hundred yeah. people come and they all pay ten dollars. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah, we should do that. <laughs> yeah, so those opportunities are more like you're going to be a self starter. You're going to be a business person. Like I know, um, one of my friends also in Florida goes from building to building just doing like high-rise luxury uh condo yoga like there's also there's also like those opportunities sorry brach i want to complete my sentence no don't those opportunities were also made from scratch they had to literally knock on doors find who the contact was for those buildings and create those opportunities so that is also another option and you will have to like do the groundwork you have to lay the foundation to make it happen okay what were you going to say no, I was going to say related to like the in building, sometimes they'll also have kind of like a almost like an agent, mm. right? Where they're like, they the agent finds the talent and then they send them to all these buildings. And then like the agent will get a cut and then the yoga teacher will get a cut. But when you're doing that through an agency or through someone else, you're going to make less a, money. Yeah, they take a fee. So yeah. if you want to keep your whole fee, lay the groundwork yourself, go door to door, knock on buildings, find those clients. What Bradshaw's talking about, I've worked for a couple of those, of those companies and I could give some um, examples like Plus One, that's one in Chicago, uh, Prestige Fitness, also in Chicago, Kinema, Chicago, San Francisco, and Exos, which I think is Chicago, San Francisco, maybe even Texas. Those are some of the big names of, of um, I guess, these third-party like health, wellness, fitness companies that have contracts with many different buildings in many different cities. And they can, when they hire you, place you for, you know, specific buildings. When I was with Kinema in Chicago, I worked for Coca-Cola, McDonald's. And you Tram. literally got paid bullshit though. Yeah, they paid like I think fifty-five dollars for 40, from you know how much money they're minutes? they're fucking pocketing then? Forty-five minutes, fifty-five dollars for Coca-Cola. I wonder how much they're charging them. Well, I never found out that number, but I can imagine. Yeah, exactly. I think so you got do, there. Do the groundwork yourself. Like lay the groundwork yourself. Find these contracts, make your own uh con make your own contracts. And that's a whole other thing. You're going to have mm-hmm. to make a, make a contract, get paperwork yeah. signed, have your waivers. When anything you're doing on your own, make a waiver, have a lawyer look it over or find a good resource and cover yourself both with that contract and waiver, but also with your liability insurance. So if you're going to take this route, make sure you have your liability insurance too. That is true. Okay. So so those were the categories that I was kind of like, I just wanted to glaze over them first, the more like self-starter mm-hmm. um, v- venues or avenues to work at. Now, when we start to talk about um, teaching at gyms versus studios, I, I agree with you. You said something earlier that you think everyone should start at a gym. So I want to talk about that for a little bit. What are the advantages you think, especially as a new teacher? for teaching at a gym or a health club. Yeah, I wasn't saying like everyone should start at a gym. I just think as a new teacher, it is it's a very good job to learn compared to a yoga studio. And I think that we've said this on the podcast before. It's like teaching at a yoga studio where the majority of people know what's going on is easier than teaching at a gym. It's more challenging, um, but also 
there's more, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? It's more, I'm trying to use like a metaphor. Like it's, um, fuck. I would, I would love to hear the metaphor you think of. Like it's more fruitful. Like you're going to learn more at a gym because there's, is that, does that make sense? I can agree with you. Um, when you teach at a gym, I think you are presented with an audience that is not necessarily seeking out yoga. Maybe they are, mm-hmm. but it's a lot going- of people that would not step a foot into a yoga studio. Yeah, but you're having a bigger audience. And honestly, I think it's a great opportunity as a yoga teacher to turn those students into, into like yoga, yoga students because yeah, yeah. well, they you might. All- just be there for, you know, the weights and the treadmills and the whatever, the the pool, or maybe their Zumba class or whatever, but they're like, oh, yoga's on the schedule. Let me try it out. So it's almost like an added pressure and responsibility, but a very cool opportunity to be in the position of, I, I don't want to sound cheesy, but like changing someone's life, I life in a way. I think you can, like, I think yoga has the ability for some, not all, to be like a really great tool in the tool belt. And I know that it has and does change people's lives. I agree. I also think that at a gym, you're going to get more diversity in terms of age, in terms of gender, uh, in terms of body Uh, compared to a yoga studio. I really think that I see more diversity at the gym than I do in the studio. I also think that a lot, I like, for example, I work for Chicago Athletic Clubs and I've met a lot of clients. Like you're saying, you can meet new clients, Gianna, that have gone on mm-hmm. our retreats. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like the, you at a gym, you can meet, actually, if you were like, I teach at CAC and there's numerous locations and I've taught at a lot of those locations. So I've met people all over the city in different neighborhoods that I also think is really helpful. Because mm-hmm. I've kind of taught in all these neighborhoods and then that's that's resulted in more business. Now, when we're talking about money, you tend to get paid a flat rate. Well, I get paid. We get paid flat rates pretty much at all of our jobs. But um, with gyms, you're making probably 10 to $20 less typically. I find at gyms compared to studios, studio, studios tend to pay a little bit more. I think that's your experience. I just want to clarify. Really? Yeah, because I got paid more at one of the gym sites. Oh, yeah. I worked at than I do the studio. So in mm. Bradshaw's experience, the my gym, experience is that that the gyms pay a little bit less. But I think after all of this, we can go over like pay structure after we mm-hmm. talk about the venues and, and get into this a little bit deeper. But I do agree with you that like it's a great place to meet people. Um, I've got some corporate clients from working at a gym. You know, I would just teach regular group classes and then so-and-so works at, you know, Amazon and they're like, Hey, can you do this, you know, wellness weekend event? And so, so you never know who you're going to meet there. And that goes for any setting, but I, I found it to be particularly successful in the gym setting of like creating those connections to help Mm -hmm. get me private clients, corporate clients, retreat attendees, and so mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And plus I just, in that cheesy way, I kind of just love being able to make someone a yoga student and make them really love yoga. And I think, you know, this speaks to one of the skills that I think teaching at a gym cultivates is that you have to learn to teach to beginners and to teach from, you know, the ground up basically 
whereas in a studio, and I think we've talked about this before, where especially if you're teaching, you know, a vinyasa two, three or a power, like you are presented with an audience that already has a baseline and familiarity with the yoga practice. They don't necessarily need everything described to them step by step. Whereas I think when I teach in a gym, especially when I was teaching, my first gym experience was LA fitness in Florida. And where I was in Florida, there's a very big retiree community, but there was Mm. also a very big community. from. Oh, sorry. No, uh, actually where I was, it was very big in like, um, addiction and recovery centers. And I think a lot of people in those were a lot of the demographic. Those was like young people. Mm. So a a much younger demographic, but also they, they used the gym as an outlet, maybe became an addictive outlet as, Mm -hmm. but a a tool in their recovery nonetheless. Mm -hmm. And so it presented me with a challenge of teaching to young fit people who are, who are, going through something to be honest and also like older aging bodies who are also going through something which is like just Mm. their own fragility and Mm. and teaching to those two different populations I had to find it's like where is the middle ground Mm. from like this like muscle fit 18 year old and you. you know they're the 80 year old who is still trying to stand up when I'm halfway through my second salutation, like it's, you know, it was really a broad spectrum. And I think that it had to make me a better teacher. It had to show me (laughs) when and where to slow down, how to use my words. We had very, very little props. LA fitness does not have blocks, does not have. Should we change the name of the podcast to just be like Jim Jim versus studio? Cause it's literally what we're talking about. no, Okay. No, we're going to get there. We're going to, we're, okay. we're about to, we're about to talk money. Okay. But yeah, I do. I know you didn't say it, but I'm going to say, it. I do think every yoga teacher, especially in the beginning should teach at a gym. I do think it is super formative and it will make you a stronger, better teacher. Mm-hmm. But, um, okay. And now teaching at studios, I think this is the most obvious place that people want to go to. And I think sometimes People just think they could just like show up, knock on the door and be like, hey, I'm I'm certified. I'm ready to teach. But it's actually a harder process, at least in my experience and opinion, to get into a studio. And usually it requires you to have familiarity with that community. Maybe you've practiced there yourself as a student, or maybe you've attended workshops there. Maybe you did your training there. Mm-hmm. And or maybe you just know someone. We can't discredit just like knowing someone who works there. No, I think that like also if you know someone like we had just like getting back to money, like we were just saying sometimes there's like an agent in our agency that will find you these corporate jobs. If you use your network, so friends that you have that work at these jobs, you're going to make more money mm-hmm. because you're making the deal, you're setting the pay compared to someone else just hiring you on for that job. So my advice is if you know people in corporate and you're interested in teaching some of these corporate classes, then use your network, use people, you know, in corporate America. So Mm -hmm. you make the sale and not an agency. So you make more money. Okay. And how is this to the studio? How is this related to the studio? I don't know. But yeah, that's good advice for, (laughs) for the network stuff, but we are in the middle of a studio conversation. Well, did you, are you done talking about the gym? Yes. Where'd you go? I I didn't go anywhere. I, I think I just blacked out for a little bit. 
I think you did too. I saw your face. I was like, he is off into the abyss. And no. then and then I don't know why you tried to contribute. I could have held my own. <laughs> I, <laughs> I literally, He's like, literally Wait, just started talking that. No, I don't know. Okay, whatever. Fuck it. Okay, God, every, anyone, who's, anyone who's anyone who's listening to this, yeah. you know, when you're just gone for ten seconds and you're just like, you know, what I started doing, G, is like I've also just started like telling people the truth. I'm like, I wasn't listening to. You. Okay, good. So one more podcasting. <laughs> just shut up then if you're not listening. Oh my. <laughs> But I was see, listening. See, I was there. It was there. Like no, but like I was there and then it was gym. It was talking about the gym. Okay. I want to get back to the studios. I love okay. you to death. No, you don't. Let's, you don't love let's, me. I do. I'm obsessed with you. I like dream about you. Okay. Have but, you ever so dreamt that we did missionary together? No, <laughs> no. Okay. What about side by side? I know you're a side, but no, 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 no. Okay. I, we have to get back. Okay. On track. Yeah. Let's talk about money. Cause Gianna's going to pay. No. We're talking about studios first. Okay, we're talking about studios. So getting a job at a studio, either be a student there, show the that you one. are a part of their community, especially if you're moving around. This is like my biggest struggle is because I've moved around a lot. It's like, I don't want to spend money taking classes at a place that I, I'm it's like, very I need, hard. I'm like, I need a job. I can't even afford groceries, let alone mm. a membership when I can do yoga on my own at home or I have my low subscription it's like i get it find a way mm -hmm. to be part of the community whether it's a karma program which again that's a whole other subject we could talk about in a different episode but like find a way to be part of the community before just like sending an email like hey i just moved here can you hire me because i think hard. that's that's the studio's biggest pet peeve do you know how many mm -hmm. emails like that they get like go there show up be a face to the name be I a presence before asking also, secret back door. Ask about the sub list. Hey, can I get on the yeah, sub that's list? A good way. The, the getting on the sub list is how I got my job at Tula. They were auditioning for the sub list. I think I taught two or three classes and then they gave me a permanent class. They were like, great. We like you. You're on. Can I um, add something there? Yes. For those of you that are paying attention. <laughs> no, for those of you that like. Like you're talking about sub lists, <laughs> just to prove that I'm listening. Um, no, but like when it comes to the sub lists and when it comes to new teachers, I'm just going to be very frank with you, all of you that are out there that are just certified to teach. You're crazy if you think you're going to just be like get a 6 p.m. class at a studio on a Tuesday. Like it's a brand not, new teacher, 6 no. p.m. time slot. Yeah, like, they're like, oh, I want to teach that. I'm like, let me if you actually want to do this full time, this is the reality of the job. You have to teach, and we've said this before, all of the shitty times that other people don't want to teach or you're subbing. And that's just yeah. like how it is. Yeah, and take like, the 6 a.m. Take the, and then, take the 8 p.m. Exactly. And then get on the sub list. Mm -hmm. And then like there's at some points, a 6 p.m. person is not going to be able to teach your class. And maybe you can sub it. Like that's how you get the experience. But these, I, I just find it very, um, kind of just like crazy. I'm really having a fucking hard time today just thinking of words. I'm exhausted. Um, what it's am I like, thinking? It's just of? like the audacity. The aud exactly, exactly. Like the Thank audacity you. of some the new audacity, teachers. The audacity to think that you're just like, you know, some 22-year-old Trixie and you're going to come into <laughs> this studio and like, I want these classes. Like, bitch, back the fuck off. Like, that's I honestly how I I want these classes and I'm teaching 10 years. Exactly. Literally, that's what I'm saying. It's just like, so... Yeah. Yeah. And I want to put in else. the time. You have to put in the time and and 
experience. I want to add something else. And again, yes, this is re- this is related to money on a broader scale at gyms or wherever you teach is that. And I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to again be very, very honest. I don't know. Now, I'm at a space right now where I'm kind of I'm at the high highest kind of end of getting paid for public classes. I feel like around the city, I'm at, a you know, a higher rate. I don't know if I would have gone into this career at my age now. Mm-hmm. I was just the reason I have ended up where I am is because I was so poor when I started that making no money. I didn't know about making money. Yeah. Right. So I think that that was easier for me to do at a younger age. If you're, you know, um, if you're someone who is expecting to be making cash hand over fist when you first start teaching, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. I think that for me, like I wasn't always full time, like I had to slow transition Mm -hmm. because I was already I did my first 200 hour when I was 28 I think so it was already like I I had finished grad school and I was working and so mm-hmm. I don't think I would have um I, I don't know it would have looked a lot differently I was working in the arts which is also not a big money making field it's not no, sorry to anyone who thought it was. Um, sorry to myself that all of my passions and hobbies are in like a field where you're not necessarily paid for your talents or efforts and you're overworked and underpaid. But besides that, um, <laughs> but we really want you to get certified to teach. So come with us. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I think people do this because of the passion. Like that's yeah, why no, no, I'm, no, no. I, I didn't see dollar signs in this career and I'm, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one who's had family remind me that it's like a tough path and it's not the safest choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have a calling for it, I do think it is rewarding and there are ways to make it fruitful and to yes, live the yes, lifestyle that you want to live, but you have to put in the work and you have to be business savvy. And yeah, I don't you think have enough go- people talk about the business skills mm-hmm, that you mm-hmm. need because if I don't know, just thinking of longevity, and we kind of talked about this with Allison a little bit a few epi- episodes ago, is that um, thinking about the longevity of the career, like, do you want to be teaching group fitness classes mm-hmm, into mm-hmm. your retirement years? Mm-hmm. Like, do you have a Roth IRA or 401k? Mm-hmm. I do. I do that? have a Roth IRA. I do have okay. a Roth IRA. And I was actually, I mean, I don't want to like be rude, but um, I was thinking that everyone else out there listening could put some money into it just to max it out this year. Same. Um, I, I, I want to kind of pick up where you left off, Gianna, which is I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy when it comes to like when you first start teaching. I'm just trying to be realistic. And I... I- And I also agree with you that there are ways to make money. There are ways to be fruitful and and enjoy your life and not be like scraping to get by. Mm -hmm. It just takes hard work and savviness and knowledge and education and all of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, So it can be done, but it is a load, uh, (laughs) not a load. It is a road less traveled. Mm -hmm. And so that comes with its intricacies. Yeah. And we're still figuring it out. Like Brash and I have been really open and honest. Like, like this podcast is a 
labor of love. We like to talk to each other. We like to mm. talk about yoga, but it's more time and energy and we're not getting paid for it mm -hmm. on the back end, especially. Um, and you're you know, doing with, I, with, with me, with the editing, the uploading yeah. and the advertising. It's hours of your of week. That. It's hours of my week that are unpaid, but I mm -hmm. do see it as an investment in mm -hmm. the other things that we are doing. Like we do retreats and trainings together and I believe in our programs. And so as salesy as it could seem when we talk about it, it's like, well, we are confident in what we have to offer. And this is just another, you know, branch off the tree to like share our offerings, mm -hmm. so to speak. And so though, you know, building your your career as a yoga teacher is going to take a little bit of piecemealing. You might teach mm -hmm. here and there around the city. You might also, you might do your private clients, your corporate clients, your studio, your gym, your park class. And then you might also, and those are like your steady things that you do mm -hmm. weekly, but then you might also have a monthly workshop or a, a retreat annually, or like one 200 hour annually. And all of those things start to add you up. Know, add up. And that's, that's kind of where we're at. Like we are mm -hmm. doing a lot of other things in addition to just group fitness. And I think it's a testament to our time and our experience and like putting in the work, like you're saying, of doing also, the 6am classes, sorry, go on. No, I, I agree. And I also think that like, you know, I'm at this point in my life where I keep having this realization in terms of group fitness classes mm -hmm. or just yoga classes in general, classes on my schedule a week is like, I'm at a cap. Mm -hmm. Like there's no, I can't go any higher. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm 34. <laughs> so I want to like all of us make more money and, you know, be more successful. Not, not that money always is, you know, equates to success, but like be able to live my life and take time off and blah, 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 blah. And group fitness classes, grinding myself into the ground doing 20 a week or whatever. I don't do that anymore. I can't do anymore. So mm -hmm. that's resulted in me also, including you being more creative mm -hmm. of how to make other income. And that's mm -hmm. trainings, that's retreats, that's workshops, um, mentoring. mentoring and that can really like, so it's like, say you make $40,000 a year teaching, just teaching classes. And then you make another five to 15 doing retreats and then another 10 doing a training. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you can make money. Um, yeah. it just, it's again, it takes time. And it, like, people aren't just like, if you just start teaching, you know, Susie, who's never met you, is not going to just pop on a retreat with you. Probably, you know, yeah. like, you have to have a name, reputation, you have to be good looking. And that's why I've been so <laughs> successful. Sometimes, you know, that does happen where you have a random person sign up. There are websites mm. where, you know, you can meet people that are beyond your network, but they are like any agency going to take a fee. I personally wouldn't sign up for a retreat with someone I've never met. I wouldn't sign up for a training with someone I've never mm. met. So it really depends, but there are people out there who are, you know, browsing those sites where they can find out about your retreats and, and things. So it's not impossible, but mm -hmm. I do think, and this is kind of, again, a testament to us. And I, I don't mean to be like, keep patting ourselves on the back, but a bunch of, no, almost a hundred percent of all of our retreat attendees are people that we know and work with and teach to on a weekly or regularly basis in Chicago. A regularly? Right, regularly. We literally, yeah. I cannot talk. We're literally a mess. Yeah, who gave us microphones? I don't know. 
Um, okay. So I, so teaching at studios, I did, I want to go back to the original point of just like, not just sending your email and like expecting to get a job, like go and mm -hmm. be a part of the community, find a way to do that email about the sub list or talk to someone face-to-face -face about the sub list work to getting on that. It is the back door into the regular schedule. But once you are invited to audition or find out about an audition, I want to talk about this a little bit because there's many different styles and forms of auditioning. And I think we can kind of like glaze over this briefly and talk more about the money in a second. Um, in I, I've seen a couple of different formats of auditions. One is the first style is like the one-on-one -on -one audition, just like maybe you teach an abbreviated style class or a fast forward, some people call it style class to the owner or hiring manager. And so typically just you and that person, like a private, you're teaching a condensed version of your class. So that's one style that I've done and I've had success with. I usually tend to get those jobs. Style two is teaching a community class to that studio's community where they advertise it as a free class. They also have their teachers and their community willing to give the studio feedback, but you're teaching your regular class to a regular student base. And those students are reporting back to the owner or the manager, whether they mm. liked it or didn't like it. And there's usually other teachers or someone else in the studio taking that class as well. So that style, I'm style two, the community class. I also love that style of audition. I think like, just let well, it me you, it gives do you what like I the do. Efforts. Exactly. Exactly. Because I think a lot of the issues with auditioning is you're probably going to get into is like, how can you tell us someone teaches in five minutes? Yeah. Or less. Or yeah. less. I mean, it's usually less. It's just like, yeah. how do you, how do you know? You can't, you can't fully tell. So I, again, that style two type of audition, I usually get those jobs. I've, I've had a hundred percent success rate with that style of audition. I'm surprised you've had success with anything. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you. And, and <laughs> Thank then you. <laughs> the third style of it, of audition, I will call like the group audition. And I, I hate this style of audition. I really, really do. It is typically held in a big room where everyone who wants to be hired is present. So you basically have to showcase your teaching in front of other people who also want to be hired and who also have to showcase their teaching. And you're usually given five minutes or less and five minutes is generous. I've been in situations where you know, Equinox, I think said three minutes, but I remember I played a song and it was only like 30 seconds in and I taught like one lunging, one lunge on one side. And then it was like next. And I was like, oh, wow, I really um was passed over. I have no clue why there's not even enough feedback they could give you to justify it. Cause I've asked for feedback and it's just like, yeah, not what we're looking for. And it's like, what was it? It's, it's literally me. Like it's, is it my body? Is it my identity? Like you didn't hear me teach enough. Exactly. They have no idea. And it's you. And often this is what's so crazy in a lot of those auditions. Sometimes people that are picking like who should go and who should stay or who should get hired are people who don't even teach yoga. Sometimes. Yeah. Not all the time, but sometimes it's very good. That point. is insane. 
Because especially in gyms, like they'll have one yoga person, but they also have like the group fitness manager and like the regular Mm -hmm. manager. And it's like, okay, only one person knows the ins and the outs of it that's here. Mm -hmm. Um, I also talked about this in one of the podcasts, but when I auditioned for yoga works, I just taught warrior two and it was like how like also stupid also horrible way to audition and they people. moved on to the next person who did them like you know extended mm. side angle we all just kind of like build do you think that you do a good extended side angle yeah we built off of each other and made a sequence together but it's like i have no clue who they hired i would if that you told me who they hired from that i'd be like oh really how mm-hmm. why who, like what did she do that no one else you know mm-hmm. and then i think in that example, I was like, should I say everything I know about warrior two? But I'm like, I wouldn't teach that way. Yeah, Like course. I wanted to like prove my competency, but it's like, I don't say everything and you shouldn't say everything about warrior two in one pose and one hold. Cause like your students are going to come back. They'll learn yeah. more about warrior two, your next class and the next yeah. and the next. I just want to say one more thing about the group audition. A lot of times you have to just like hop up, teach like you have to take the initiative on your own. Like you're all in the room together and it'll be like someone leaves the stage, so to speak. And then the next person just like takes the initiative and like hops on in. Mm -hmm. I find this like very nerve wracking. Like I did not come from like a theater or music background where like, or you You didn't, (laughs) neither did I. Will a falsy neck do it? (laughs) You you show up to the audition. You're like, hello, my name is Gianna Gambino. I've been singing and dancing ever since I was a young girl in New York City. (laughs) I now would like to show you my warrior too. Let me first put my outfit on. I'll be back. I would definitely not get the job if I did that. But I do think there's an. I feel like if I did, I would get it. I would get it. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I did theater growing up. I was like, like very much a part of my life, like growing up. So like, I can show up and turn it out. Yeah. Yeah, I know you can. You, um, also, you've said that you've never had to audition, which is a very no. Very... I have, I have. When I, I for CAC, she came and took my class, so I have had auditions. I just realized. Okay, so they like scouted you out, and that's yeah, they're the... like, he's good looking, he's talented, and then they just came take my class. That's the last form that I want to talk about is like being like scouted out, so mm. to speak. Like I you had some I... someone yeah. take my class a few weeks ago, who was you know an owner of a studio. Who I'm like, okay, I think they're you know taking my class to just see what it's like and then you and I were both scouted by um Y7 we talked about that a little bit in previous episodes when they were opening up in Chicago and then we were like invited to go through their audition process and And they already knew that they they already knew that they liked our styles and whatever um yeah okay so those are the different styles of auditioning I would just want to say if you're a new teacher who's getting into the zone of going out on auditions is to come prepared, like have one song queued up that, you know, you like to teach to, if you teach in silence, just have that planned out and then try to choose something that you're going to demo, especially if it's under three minutes that can show that can be simple enough where you can showcase some personality, but technical enough where you know, like what, give an example. Okay, so I was hired by Lifetime, and what I taught in that three minutes was I did one lunging salutation, which like showed I can do uh, a move, like breath breath per movement flow, and then I had them in like a very simple 
um, like warrior one cactus arms back bend to like a humble warrior. And when I'm like hold, and I don't know if I did that exactly, but I'm just giving mm-hmm. like a, just like a simple short sequence after that I did where, um, I could hold and leave space around my words, but I could also like say something, maybe crack a little joke or, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. just, just show a little bit more of myself. Um, and then after I did that, they stopped me and they asked me to demo some yin yoga because they wanted to know if I could teach yin as well. And I was like, yeah, sure. If you're auditioning for multiple formats, that's common where it's like, okay, now show me the next format. Um, yeah. So just come prepared, have, have your music, have your sequence. I found that anytime that I was more prepared, I did better than when I was just like, oh, I'm going to go wing it. Even though I can wing a class right now, I think it just helps you get out of your head and be like, okay, I know exactly what I'm going to do. And and this is what it is. Anything to add to that? No, I think that you have more experience when it comes to auditioning than I have. So I think it's good that you share your insight. If you're going on audition and you don't know what the format is, email them and ask, like, I want to know, is this a round Robin style? Is it one-on-one? Is this going to be 50 people and take up my whole day? Like that has happened. Mm-hmm. I remember when I auditioned for FFC, there was like over 50 people and it was three hours. 50 people? Yeah. I was no. like, hell no. I wanted, to, I literally how, wanted to leave the moment. How, no. And like that, I think they, you know, it's a very low paying position. I'm like, why am I going to take three hours out of my literally. Saturday to do this? Okay. So that brings us back to the money. You hit on this earlier, um, different ways of getting paid. I think most gyms will hire, especially in Chicago as an employee and you're, you're paid flat rate. Mm-hmm. Um, in Chicago, I've seen it range from 35 to $85. Would you say that's correct? I would. I would say that's actually the same for studios, honestly, around that. Okay. I think that maybe at a studio, you may start a little higher. You may start at like a 40 or 50 compared to like a 30. I, I don't know. Maybe I I'm wrong. I don't know. I disagree with that. I, when I was moved, when I first moved back to Chicago, I was told 30, 25 to 30 at some studios. I didn't take those jobs. You should remember, literally see my mouth right now. It's wide open. It's on the and table. And I remember when I got a certain job where they were going to pay me 45. They asked me not to tell anyone else how much I was getting paid because it was the highest. And it was like, really? And yeah, that's insane. And now I don't teach for under, you know, $3. No, I would never teach for under 50. I mean, I hardly even teach anywhere for in the fifties. Yeah. To be honest. I, I I mean, also, I mean that like now, like when I first started teaching, like, a decade ago, 50 seemed like kind of a lot. 50 is not a lot right now. Like that's no, not a lot of money. Not. Things are so expensive. Anything in the 50s, if I'm still doing it, it's a, I, I'm passionate about that community. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, also, like I at gyms get paid a little bit less, but for me, it ends up kind of evening out one because I don't have to commute to a lot of the gyms that I work at now. It's very, very close to my house. So that saves me time. You still have to commute there. It's just a shorter commute. It's a very short commute. Unless you live there. (laughs) He's going to murder me. She's so annoying. If I go missing Um, someone. and And I also get a lot of retreat clients out of the gym jobs. So and to you me, get your you get paid membership. a little bit less. Exactly. And I use the gym and I go swimming. So all of that, it get paid a little less, but for me, it all, it feels fair. You know what I mean? I get, it's my lower end, but I don't mind. I, it seems like all, it all works out for me. 
The thing that bothers me about that though is I feel like their pockets have to be deeper than your local mom and pop studio. So I'm like, absolutely. Why? I'm like, why is that the rate? Like you were yeah. getting membership after membership from people who probably don't even go to the gym that often. Yeah, yeah. Like you're exactly. I don't know. I, I'd love for someone who can explain to me more to to, to write us in, but mm-hmm. I feel like the pockets have to be deeper there. So especially oh, in the sure. bigger, bigger chain gyms. Yeah, for sure. Um, But yeah, so even in the studios, uh, you might get paid. Okay, so studio payments, you might get a flat rate per class or you might get a per head like pay and a base so, pay. So what that what that means is, let's say, okay, you have a base rate of twenty five dollars for up to 10 people. So you get paid. So it doesn't matter if it's one, five, eight, 10, you're getting $25. If you get over that for every person over 10, you get plus $3. So that 11 student, you get $25. And then and, and he's $3. just using three as an example. It could yeah, be, it could be it anything. Could be it could be one, five. It could be, it could be two, one. Five, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, I'm know? just use, using this for just easy, easy example. So up to 10, $25, that's what you're going to get paid. After that, every other person that comes in, you get three or whatever that like Gianna just said, whatever number it is on that head. So maybe it's $1 and you have 15 other students. So then you get $25 plus that $15. And what this does though, which is kind of smart for the business owner, but adds a new layer to your job as the yoga teachers, it, it, Mm -hmm. it, it positions the yoga teacher now as like the marketer as well. It's like, Oh, so I have to. And it also sucks if you have a bad time. Because this can be beneficial or it cannot be beneficial. So like, say you're teaching at an 830 on a Tuesday or something in the morning. And like that, not a lot of people can come to that class compared to teaching a 6 p.m. on a Tuesday, you know, mm-hmm. where like you're like, oh, I want the per head rate because I know I'm going to make the 25. I know I'm going to get way more than just 10 people. Yeah. In there. So then yeah, you there's, can make a lot of money. Like- factors of convenience that play a role in, in that. Like, you know, that those classes Brad just talking about the 5 PM, even the 4 PM lately, I guess, since mm-hmm. pandemic have become popular 4 PM, 5 PM, 6 PM. I find like after seven, it's a little bit less that you, you dip down. Now you're in dinner mm-hmm. time. Like it's harder for people to make those, especially people who are, uh, have children and they have to put their kids to bed. Their daycare's mm-hmm. over, you know, their after school sports are done. They have to be home. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, the per head can work that way, like the base rate plus that extra incentive. Or I've worked at a place that only play, paid per head and I would get $6 per head. And I absolutely hated this payment method. I was like, this is not for me because if I show up, and I'm you got you have two people you get paid twelve dollars and I'm getting paid twelve dollars or no. even six dollars. It's like that didn't pay my my train fee. That didn't pay no. my and it happened to me a number of times. And then it then if you speak up about it, it's like, well, you should be advertising. It's like, well, how about you're the business owner? Don't yeah, like where's your responsibility? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think that style is for me. I it I already have so much on my plate with just like managing a schedule and my own little business that I can't always be responsible for like the welfare of the studio at large. I agree. Um, Okay. And yeah. And then the other payment method topic that I want to talk about is, um, 
oh, getting paid biweekly or monthly. So that's something you have to like factor in. I work at places where you have to invoice every month on the first. Gianna has all these experiences that I'm like, I've never, ever had to do that. I've always gotten paid as a yoga teacher biweekly. Always. No, that's not the norm. You've got had a lucky experience. I've even in Florida and many of the studios that I've worked at in Chicago, I have to invoice on the first. So you have to know how to make those invoices and be diligent. I actually have to make one right now. It's the fifth, but we were away. I haven't invoiced for September yet. So I'm going to do that as soon as we get off here. Will, will you, as speaking of the retreat, will you send me my money? Yes. Okay. I also have to think like, I'm, I'm the money manager for everything. I gotta, I gotta pay out my little boo-boo, my little, bee, my little boo-boo BB over here. You know, you know, that's like, yeah, my little boo thing. Yeah. My little boo thing. Um, okay. So I think we kind of covered all of this. I just want to end with, um, Bradshaw, do you have any advice for teachers looking for jobs on like how to negotiate rate? Like what if I pretend you're giving me advice, I'm going for a job and they're only offering me $35. And I know that I just won't be able to afford not only just the commute, the gas, the meter, the drive, but like, I'm not going to be making much off this. Like, what well, is I your advice? That, well, I think there's a couple of things. Are you where you are right now in your career or did you just get certified to teach? Let's pretend I'm a newer teacher and then versus now let's do both scenarios. If you're a newer teacher, I would always negotiate up. I would think about what your max, like what's the most you could possibly make. Um, you know, you're probably not going to make that $85 range. So I would go a little down from there and say, if you're a newer teacher, they're saying they're going to pay you how much, G? 35. 35. I would say 60. And then I would negotiate from there. You would really have the gall to ask for 60 as a brand new teacher? Oh, yeah. I love hearing that because I wouldn't. And I'm sure many people listening to this would not think to ask that high, but Bradshaw's taught me a lot. Here's the thing. They can say no. They can say no. And then then that, but but 60 is so high. They're not going to take that number. You know that, right? So that's okay. But now you have more to, you have more range to negotiate in compared to if you were just like 45. See, I'm, I'm conservative. I would ask for 45, hoping I get 40, but this is why mm -hmm. I haven't made as much. And I think a lot of women are guilty of this. And so I just wanted to have, I'm glad to have this conversation out in the open. So now, okay. Someone with my experience or even more experience, they're going for a, a studio job and let's say they're only offered 50. I would say I uh, have been teaching for 10 years. I have a 500 hour I have a certification in restorative yoga. I've taught this many styles of yoga. I've taught at this many places. That is not good for me. I need this much. And then just state your number. Yeah. And be like, if because often to, I mean, it depends. Maybe they scouted you, which I feel like would happen to someone like you. You know, you kind of, you've been in the industry for a while that they may, you know, they asked you to come work there. Um, also, I think that the quality of what you do speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. And I think having this conversation like kind of out in the open for this audience is really important. I don't think people talk about this enough. And I know, especially having moved around and like rebuilding and starting over, I was left, left so to hard. my own devices oftentimes. And I didn't realize, you know, what other people are getting paid or what their rate is or how much I was underselling myself in some regards. And so I just think having some transparency 
is really important. Um, and I just want to add to that with the transparency. It's like, it is very hard to get paid above. I would, I would say at least in Chicago above $60 a class without additional trainings and certifications yeah, and I would experience. Agree. So aim high, just know it's not realistic, but you could, like Bradshaw said, it can always, there's more wiggle room to negotiate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the reason why I'm saying it's not realistic is because like, this is not the industry, like we talked about where you're mm-hmm. just going to be like raking in cash. No, no, yeah, like it, yeah. it's unless you're, unless you're very smart, you know, you find a way to do retreats and you do like five retreats a year and you get paid like $15,000. I mean, that stuff happens, but yeah, we're talking or, about public classes, just like specifically public yoga classes. Or also if you have a huge platform, like I mm-hmm. know, and, and I wonder like how much is, uh, when Jason Crandall, it teaches a group fitness class at his local studio. What is his rate? What is Janet Stone's rate? Mm. What is, you know, and, and that's something that like Bradshaw and I are, I think are, we're being really transparent on the level that we we're at right now as like hardworking yoga teachers who teach 10 plus classes a week mm. full time. You know, they think there's a certain level and maybe this is one that we aspire to. I don't know if we've ever even had this conversation to, teach on a broader platform, like, you know, glow or, or mm. something online where you can reach more, where you've been traveling globally, re- like doing sold out trainings and retreats mm. and conferences and things like that. That's a scale that we're not at yet that we're, we can't speak to, but yeah. for, but for now we're, I think we're being super we're being, honest I think, yeah, and, we're real and relatable. I think we're sharing a lot of information that people want to hear. So I think this, um, is a good episode. You know, it's, it's, I mean, we're just, just, we're, we're just speaking straight to all of you. I would like to add one more thing, which is just like for newer teachers, older teachers get paid what you're worth because that helps everyone. Yeah. Right. So it really like Gianna making more money helps me. It makes me like, this is what, this is like, we, we, we as a collective have to aim higher. Mm Mm-hmm. And then lastly, because it just came to my mind, I have a really quick cancel, commit, explore. Would you teach 6 p.m. class, but very low base rate? So like you're getting your 35, it's your $35 gym class, but it's a 6 p.m. Or 6 a.m. base rate per head. Or you have to be a self-starter, build your own clientele in a park or a beach or something like that. I would commit to the last one. So you're committing to building your own thing in the yeah. park. Okay. Yes. And you're, you're exploring the, the 6am, this 6am with the per mm-hmm. head per team. And then you're canceling the yeah, 6 p.m. Not making $35 base rate. See, I commit to the building my own thing as well, but I think I'm going to explore the 6pm because oh. I'm hoping that even though it's only $35, I'm hoping for what you said, that there's that a there lot of people, people and it builds pr- private clients and corporate clients and so on. And then I'm canceling the 6 a.m. because I'm at the point where I don't want to wake up at like, 6 a.m. Um, for anyone. Literally, she doesn't even wake up for me. No, I'm just not my best self at 6 a.m. I can't be all love and light. Me neither. Okay. Um, just kidding, I can. What's the funny thing about yoga this week? The funny thing about yoga is being on a retreat with Gianna and just annoying her. That's the funny thing. I literally okay, just like Bradshaw she literally actually he has, has to compulsions focus 100%. Like he, I, where he wants to squeeze me. And so like I, I have I, major cute aggression towards my Italian girl from New York. 
he squeezes my wrist, he squeezes my forearms, he squeezes my arm, and it like hurts. I'll like feel the squeeze lingering, and I am always yelling at him to stop squeezing me. And then I look like a psychopath for he always yelling at you. And I, I literally look like the mean one who like verbally abuses you, she but does. no one sees what you do to me. I feel like a child. I feel like it's when, like I've been poked and poked and poked. Literally, like when I see Gianna, I'm like, that's my favorite yoga teacher. And I just have to squeeze her. What's your <laughs> uh, what's your funny story or funny thing about yoga this week? Uh, I remember I told you this, but I was uh, teaching for you. I was covering and there was this person in class. So we, everyone was in a down dog. And there's this person in class who was chewing gum. And just by the way, I don't chew gum. So I feel like when I see people chew gum, it looks so weird. I'm like, what are they doing with their mouths? And I know this is a me thinks like I forgot gum exists, but this person is chewing gum while practicing yoga. And I'm like walking around the room. And then I just see in the down dog, a giant, what do you call it? Bubble. He blew a bubble. He blew a bubble in down dog. And I'm just like looking at this, like, is this allowed? Is this a choking hazard? But also like, why are you doing that, sir? Um, and then I just like had to ignore him the whole class because it was so distracting. Like he was blowing bubbles. He was blowing bubbles throughout practice. It was like fucking bazooka bubble gum. And I, <laughs> I, I just bazooka. like, has that ever have, have you ever seen anyone do that before? I thought it was like being punked. No, I've never, I, no, not that I remember. I would just be like, hey, can I have a piece? Um, <laughs> okay. Well, that's the funny thing this week. Thank you all for listening. Remember you to rate, review, subscribe. And also we're going to Nicaragua. Come party, rage. We love you all. We'll see you soon. Be yourself. Accept it. If someone else you can be is better. Bye. When the moon hits the eye like a big pizza pie, it's a more. <laughs> <laughs> when the moon it, it makes me want spaghetti. Bye. Bye, everyone.